Hey, Adam. Yo. Are you ready for this? I don't think so. Okay, let me explain this to you. We are going to trade some of our favorite voicings a la carte style, improvisational style. One at a time. Top of our head. Yeah, we're going to do seven. Okay. I'm going to start. Let's do this. Okay, here we go. Trying to think of them. You're getting ahead of yourself. Hey, that's a good one. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you listen to the You'll Hear It podcast. We, this is two pianists talking music. I mean, that's really all it is talking at this voicings. point. Uh, we're just talking voicing, so we hope you like it. I mean, voicings are such a. I mean, how many times have we talked about voicings on the pod? I mean, hundreds at this point? Yeah. We're about at a thousand, you know. I know, we're, we're coming, coming up on a thousand yeah. episodes. But we didn't talk about voicings all the time, but we do it a lot. Because we love them, we love voicings. It's a kind of per- particular and peculiar mm. thing to piano playing. Why would you put those two words together <laughs> on a podcast? Particular, like you have to talk. This is like the sure microphone test. That's a that's a steep learning <laughs> curve. Can handle that, but I mean, it's not exclusive to pianists. Yeah, but it is something that we're responsible for. It's fun. We get a lot of questions about it. Yeah. Everyone's always trying to find like good voicings. Yeah, you know, and you know, one of my big things. What. You probably get sick of hearing this. Everybody probably does, but it's so true. Is like there's no such thing as just a great voicing. Although today we're going to give you seven great voicings, but we're going to put them in context. Okay. And when we talk about context, we're talking about where are we coming from and where are we going. So for me, and I'll just kick it off. Can we go right into number one? Do we yeah, have any? You got it. House, you got it. You got housekeeping. It. We need to do. No, you're all good. Okay. So this is going to be my first one, but I'm going to tell you, we either need to talk about where it's coming from, where it's going, or per- perhaps even both, because. The most successful um, discussion and I think assimilation of any kind of voicings needs to be in that kind of a context. It's like vocabulary, right? When you're learning a word, if you don't know when to use it, how to use it at the right place, then a new word is not going to be very interesting. And if it's kind of a lesser known word or a little bit unusual, we'll certainly get into some kind of unusual voicings. If you can't place it in a place that is listenable and edifying to 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 the our dear listener then it's not going to matter it's just going to sound like a jumbled mess it's up to us to put these things together whether that means you're coming from somewhere a little bit more digestible to somewhere a little bit more tension filled or whatever or you know so let me let me let, let, let me just show you the first one i think because i think it kind of exemplifies this you ready yeah this is voicing number one and then this is where it's going this is an a we got a g then we got an F sharp triad. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah. But then where can it go? We can go down oh. to A flat major. Yeah. We could also go check this out. We could go to like a G flat seven with the third and the suspended fourth. Beautiful. We could go. We could go. Up to a B flat sus. Yeah. Okay, but this is the main voicing, and it's it's you know like a lot of these voicings, it's very much a shape. Yeah. So we've got the left hand um, root and seventh, root and dominant seventh over, and this is an A chord, A seven, thirteen flat nine is all it is. But we've got these structures that are split between the hands. We've got G C sharp F sharp, which is that great uh, fourth voicing with chord tyner. Um, diminished fifth and perfect fourth but they're split between the hands so i think that the the real thing there is that we latch onto is that f sharp triad second inversion yeah 
Beautiful. I love it. Okay. Pete Martin knows all the spacey, airy voicings. But and if you think about it from where it's coming or where it could come from and where it could go to, we could think about B flat, A to A flat. Yeah. Like a two five one with this. So we got B flat sus thirteen. And then our new voicing. Nice. Some nice little voice thing in there. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll throw out one. Okay. Um, this I will be number that. two. Don't number be two. Old. So I love a, a regular old dominant seven chord. Mm-hmm. Literally one three five seven. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I got to turn my I got to turn my tremolo down. Yep. Right, so C E G and B flat, and I love a drop three voicing. So we take the third note from the top, which is E. All right. So if you have C E G and B flat, take that E, drop it down to the left hand. It's like this beautiful dominant chord, and you can do this in all inversions too. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. So like that's all these C seven inversions using that drop three. Nice. It gets you some really cool contrary motion. Like from here, you know, the bottom note moves up. From here, uh, everything moves up. From here, the bottom note moves down. The top note moves up. Like it's really great for getting. Some contrary motion. Yeah. The drop threes. I've been really into that. It's so good. And yeah. it's so foundational. You gotta be confident with that. Absolutely. But it can work so well. You play it with confidence. No, inspired by by um Larry Goldings we had a master class with, but he does he's like a master of all this stuff, like using basic triads, basic seventh chords yeah. to really like have this really cool grounded, earthy sound. Yeah. I'm into it, man. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So another one that I think of um and I like to play, and this is very much how it sounds and how it feels, especially in certain keys this Jeez, minor please. 11 yeah. right so this is nice too because for some people this is kind of the widest they can stretch for a lot of hands which is nice so you've got a, a ninth as opposed to a tenth which is a challenge especially you know going going major so we're just going the stretch is from f c in the in the middle and then a g in the left hand and then we're stacking up the same um stacked fifths with just a half step separating. So we got G and A flat. And then we got A flat, E flat, B flat. So it's the same thing, just a minor third up from this. But you've got that tension there because of the, the ninth, and then it starts a half step above it. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. I love it on the piano, even though we're on the keyboard here. On on Indeed. In fact, I wrote a tune called La Pergunta years ago, and it was sort of based upon that shape and that sound. Yeah. Right. Gorgeous. And then talking about where you're coming from and going, you might go, these are all the same voicings the way I did it, just going up a minor third, but you might think about same voicing, F, E, and then... And then sub- subbing in like a dominant sharp 11 there to go back to that minor 11. Yeah, that's nice. And it's minor 11 because you got the 11th on top. But you're omitting some, some really, you know, not important notes, but I think like you're not doubling the fifth. You've got the 11th and you've got those open fifths. Really open sound except that minor second right in the middle of it. It's beautiful. Vibey. Yeah. Vibey is hell. A vibe, yeah. Here's a good one that I've been playing with a lot. Um, this is number four. It's number four. So this is a diminished voicing. Oh, we got some construction <laughs> you hear a going on. Upstairs. <laughs> you guys got a good time. Yeah. 
So usually a diminished seventh voicing, right? Yep. In C, like a C diminished seven is just minor thirds. Yep. But I've been really into the C diminished, and we'll call it add B. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Right? So it's this shape, C, E flat, G flat, and then a B natural on top. Yeah. Right? It's great for like a little delay. In fact, uh, Caleb and I played this tune I wrote that uses this. Going like resolving onto itself, right? The C diminished, add B, resolving to like a C6. But it all can also can be used really effectively. This is like the king of diminished chords, this tonic diminished, like key of C. So if you're doing like a three six, just just burn the six. Yeah. And use a flat three diminished. How much prettier is that? Very good. You know what I mean? I'm not prettier, but it's just a it's a, it's a juicy sound. So this is like E minor seven, and then and the same same C diminished seven voicing with that B, with the E flat in the bass going to the two. So pretty. That's great. Now, and another thing about this, Peter, is you can use this same shape C E flat, uh, G flat, or F sharp and B as like a D seven flat nine. You just put the D's in the root. Yeah. So put a D in the root, and then you have the third, seventh, thirteenth, and flat nine. Isn't that a great shape? Yeah, and then it's also a fantastic shape uh, to like do a little uh, fake out on a on a G major. So if you have like a, a melody note of the third of G major, which is B, so right. Instead of playing the G major, you could play this shape mm. and then resolve it to the G major. Barry Harris six diminished thing there too. Yeah, and I mean you I think you're really driving home the point nicely of like where does it resolve to? Where is it coming from? Where is it going? How are we thinking about these voicings yeah. in, in terms of like I used to worry a lot, like I would play something and be like, Oh, I didn't like that, and then try to find something else. And then when I started to well, part of it is you start to kind of know what things are gonna sound like. Um not to say that you're restricted, you shouldn't be. I mean, you know, some people that have a lot of experienced pianists they're kind of close-minded with their voicing vocabulary from a young age, so they never develop that, you know, impetus to kind of learn new things. Oh, big shout-out to our sponsor here. They're going to have to pay for that. <laughs> That's like a billboard here. Yeah, if you're on the pod, you the audio pod, you got to come over to the YouTube. And see yeah, FedEx, FedEx hit us up. You don't just get to use our podcast right. as your own personal. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to number five. Actually, I'm going to play a couple voicings. I'm going to give this will be dealer's choice. You can kind of tell me to stop if you, okay. if and when you hear something you okay. like. Okay, sounds Yeah, I mean, obviously that one. You like that one? Yeah, what is that? Yeah. Okay, so this is something that you can actually use in a lot of different things. This is an F sharp minor. With a major seventh, which is kind of a basic thing, but it's a nice sound and it's a very particular sound. And it's got a couple of places that it can go, especially if you have a moment to linger. So it could be like you you play the F sharp minor and then go down to the dominant seventh, six, nine, you know. Because to me, the minor with the major seventh is both both stationary and unstable at the same time. You know, like you can just sit there, but you can also be like, oh, it wants to go somewhere. Yeah. That it can still be there also, or it can move up there. And, and a lot of times, like if you think about it resolving down, I mean, you're traditionally the major seven is resolving up, right? Yeah. But a lot of times we don't want it to be that like rooted. 
So if we go down to the dominant seven, but then it's like a deceptive kind of, now it really wants to sit, unless you, that's nice, right? But I think part of the reason you might have liked it and an and interesting thing in terms of usage, I was, you know, I was kind of playing around. Played, but it was like and like I didn't play the root like a lot of times when we play especially a kind of mysterious or vibey kind of chord you can think about not hitting the root right away and then use, using the root as an atmospheric thing so you know and then it's just got like another and then that also gives you a little bit of an interesting melodic turn you know a little bit of a, a counter melody kind of thing too that's oh, beautiful oh nice. there it is well okay that was um that was five all right i have i have one more this is okay. really like a more of a structure than it is a specific voicing but i've been really into this structure here again we've been working in the in open studio pro we've been working with Maybe one, three, five, seven voicings and all the things you can build off of them. It's yeah. a way richer than you might think. Like if you start from this place and you start just um, like adjusting each one, yeah. like adding to it, it, it then becomes all of this stuff, right? But yeah. it's, but keeping it grounded with this and, and how you're adjusting these things can be important. So one of the structures that I've been working with with this is again, so here's the C major seven, one, three, five, seven, right? As simple as it gets. Um, but this structure of, having the outside notes be an octave below the inside notes, right? And then going through the inversions. So beautiful. And then kind of taking it through a chord progression like this. And then like here on the on a diminished, right? On a diminished or a flat seven of any kind. Any of these notes can can be dipped a half step and it sounds really good to do like two at a time. Right? And it could be I mean it's so much fun, it's really endless. And then you can also you can flip this. Yeah, so you invert it. So now the outside notes, C and B, are on the top octave in the right hand, and the inside notes, E and G, are on the bottom. And then you can do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? But getting it like those, all of those options, I mean, that's what, that's the thing is like, oh, that's just one, three, five, seven. But do you actually know it in all of these different inversions and flipping it and in every key? That's just C major. So it's one, six, two, five and C major. You know what I mean? So like that kind of work I find really, really rewarding because it kind of frees your musical mind up from just like just throwing shapes at the keyboard and like thinking in this, like almost like you're, you're um, writing for a chorale in real time you know yeah. like each voice can be this independent little line and then you can start subbing out things you know subbing out like uh specific uh notes and this is where it starts to just become like playing you know four note harmony live yeah be very very cool that's great yeah yeah
Um, One more, Peter. Number seven. One, you got yeah. it. So I was thinking about a voicing that could have like some little additions to it. So I think this is what you called. Now, you know, how, how often do I talk about a drop two or a drop three? You almost never. Right. Because my understanding of it, my pay is so it's, it's a little bit above my pay grade, but sometimes I'm able to jump in there. So this voicing, would we call this a drop three? What perhaps? is it? So we've got B, A, D, G. But I'm thinking about it like coming off of like a two chord. A 100%. Chord. 100%. That's a right. drop three. Yeah. So that's a drop three, right? Yeah. That's okay. classic. Classic, classic moo chord. Yeah. Right. So, but then where can that, like, where can that go? Well, where are you taking it here? <laughs> what do you, you, you want to get on the bandwagon or no? Yeah. yeah. But, but like thinking about these voicings as not just moving them chromatically. So it's not just, although that's nice, but like, like what's the one note that we add in to make the next voicing where it kind of diverges? So we're going, so like, take this, keep your G the same on top, and then just go up chromatically with the other notes, right? But I'm adding one note in the A flat. Does that change things? Yeah, it does. So this is just chromatic up with the, with the G staying the same. This is with adding, chromatic up, G staying the same, adding an A flat. Like the idea on this conceptually is, is that you're picking a note instead of da da da, you're going da 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 da, and da 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 da, you're going. You're splitting it. Splitting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Divergence. Divergence. You know? Yeah, that's good. And that's something that you see in scores of voicings. Like you'll see the strings diverge. Divisi is what it's called. Right. You'll see uh, choirs do the same thing, where like the you know the tenors will split on things. It happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, and I always think about Shirley Horn, maybe not with that particular voicing, but with the concept of, you know. You know, that kind of um, starting in the middle, diverging out, adding a few notes as you go can lead to some interesting voicings. This is fun. We should do this for melodic content at some point. Maybe okay. next episode. Why am I so sloppy today? <laughs> That was fun. Till next time, you'll hear it. <laughs> Noodles. <laughs> <laughs>